0: I Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. Just a bit outside. You know, anything travels that far, i have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think?
1: It's time for Powell at the Park.
0: one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Cubs, Sox,
1: all your Chicago baseball news.
0: Dynamite drop-in money.
1: Here's your host,
0: Kevin Powell. Ball!
1: Hello, friends. Kevin Powell with you. Another edition of the Powell at the Park podcast, episode number 25. It's been way too long. Way too long. And with the Eloy news this week, I wanted to uh, get a podcast in, so we'll talk uh, with Mark Carmen on this week's episode. Mark Carmen works for WGN Radio, doing all sorts of different things. He hosts, he does White Sox Weekly, he uh, does White Sox post games, so a lot of different things for the Carm. And uh, we ended up talking. We ended up talking a little bit about about everything. And I love talking with Carm. We talk, uh, somehow, we talked Bulls. I don't mean, I hope you're not turning the podcast off immediately because the Bulls are horrendous and it's just a complete disaster. But Carmen is a diehard Bulls fan. I ran into him at a Bulls game uh, this past week. So um, I said, Carm, why don't you come on the podcast? So we talked some Sox, some Cubs, a lot of Eloy. Some bulls, little NCAA tournament as well. Carmen used to be a beer vendor as well, longtime beer vendor at Wrigley and at Sox Park. So we'll talk about that as well. But here's my conversation with Mark Carmen. Mark Carmen at the Carm is what I call him because that's what his Twitter account is, at the Carm. He works for Fan Sighted, He works for WGN Radio. He's a former beer vendor. Mark, what would you say to all the aspiring beer vendors? A lot of kids out there say, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? A lot of them say, I want to be a, a beer vendor. What would you say to the young kids out there who, who want to someday be walking up and down the aisles of Wrigley Field and, and Comiskey?
0: Well, I, I would say that, uh, Kevin, and thanks for having me on Powell the Park. Good to be here. I would say that uh, beer vending, like anything else in life, Kevin, is not easy. Mm-hmm. First of all, you got to go through the cotton candies, the hot dogs, the peanuts to advance to being a beer vendor. This is a seniority business. They don't just hand you the red tub of the Budweiser, now the black tub of the Goose Island at a Wrigley. Or, uh, you know, now Southside, you know, so many more options. I feel out of the loop, actually. I think they're walking around with Middle light and Budweiser. It used to be back in the day, Middle light MGD, and that was it. So, you know, you you got to go through the rigors. you got to be willing to go out there on an April day and sell yourself an ice cream and, you know, just live on the fact that you're going to walk out of there with 20 30 bucks and you're going to fight another day. It's a, it's a grind at the top, but it is the only profession that I did reach the pinnacle, and I am very proud of that. So thank you for bringing it up.
1: You don't just walk into the beer vending industry and expect to be at the top. You don't just become a vendor and expect to be selling beer right from the beginning.
0: Well, I mean, I think a lot of people do, though, you know. And it's it's similar to radio, Kevin. as, as you know, I mean, people walk right in there; they think they're ready to be a talk show host. Right? They don't want they don't want to go through the grind. They don't want to produce a Steve Cochran show. They don't want to they don't want to be an outstanding contributor, sports guy on the Roachon show. They want their own show immediately. You are mirroring the journey of beer vending in a radio fashion, and I think that's beautiful.
1: That's inspirational. I appreciate the uh, the words, Carmen. When are you going to be? When are you going to have your own talk show?
0: You know, uh, if I think if I bang on Todd Manley's door one more time, I, I think that uh, that that'll be the I think just one more bang. What do you think?
1: I, it couldn't hurt. I'd love to hear at the <laughs> Carm on the on the regular. You can you can uh, follow Carm on the Twitter at the Carm and Fansided. Tell people what you do at Fansided Carm.
0: So uh, you know, Fansided is uh, is my video platform, Kevin. So I, mm-hmm. I get to uh, I get to be the video host here, which is a, a huge honor privilege something i try to live up to and uh you know we do everything really we'll do we'll do the the deep dark documentary uh you know full dive on a story we'll do the the uh you know try out to be a chicago white sock video we'll do you know and then we do your standard interviews we do you know anything that'll get you to be entertained slash informed in a video fashion. That's what we're bringing. So, so it's a, you know it's an interesting game. Uh, being real for a second, that uh, you know what people will watch, how much time they'll watch, what what um, what is of interest to our ever changing consummation, if you will, of media. Uh, so it's you know obviously it's a platform. People don't want to read anymore; they just want to watch things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's, it's 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 a different game than doing radio, that's for sure. But that's also the same principle: are you entertaining or are you not?
1: Working on a, a video platform, a sports video platform, are you required to do some sort of LeBron versus Michael Jordan uh, contents at least once a week? How often do you guys required to do that?
0: I mean. You, you do want to be where uh, the fish are swimming, right? And people people always be like, hey, why are you talking LeBron Jordan? You know, it's actually it's kind of funny. The LeBron Jordan video that I did here, um, which is a one-minute or so take, just be – voicing it with some with some uh, images i had to fight uh to to get that done people were like why do you want to talk about lebron and mike i'm like uh, i think it's the top of the people like to talk about right and that's that's been our, that that's been our most popular
1: it gets clicks Scott. that's the most important thing
0: i mean we're we're like we're well over 20 million on that thing um, so that, that, Damn. that's a big, that's a big number for, for especially for us, but that's, that's a, that, So people love it. I mean, everyone's got a side, right? I know mean, you're on the side of, of, of complete boredom. You don't want to hear about it anymore, but still MJ at the
1: end of the day, right? No question about it. <laughs> Speaking of MJ, I was at the, um, I realize this is a podcast, so it uh, may not be as um, timely if people listen to this a few days from now, but last night was uh Bulls wizards. Carmen. Th- I mean, I'm sitting there watching this. It is high school basketball with just some highly gifted athletic basketball players on the court. I mean, it was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen in my life.
0: Well, so you've got a 20-win Bulls team with nine games to go in the season, and you've got a Wizards team out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Got,
1: and and uh, Leno Levine, uh, no Porter, no, no yeah. John Walls I obviously mean, out. Um, I, I mean, it was... It was it was so bad, Carmen. I mean, the most entertaining stuff at the United Center for the Bulls game was the Lovables and Benny the Bull and all the mascots celebrating Benny's birthday. It, it was tough to watch. I mean, it was fun. I had a great time because it's the United Center and it's still the NBA, et cetera, et cetera, and there was beer involved. Um, but it was, it was real. I mean, it's just like, damn we were all basically the whole time I'm sitting with my buddies we were just talking about like man I just miss like the rose era. Obviously I missed like the Jordan era. It's, it was just so it was so tough to watch and I don't see I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel yet, Carmen. Inspire me. I, Where are the Bulls I, at?
0: Uh there will so see okay. The light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel is, is is Zion Williamson.
1: Yes, I know, and, but the Bulls are winning. They won the freaking game. What are you doing?
0: That that was the whole point of last night like Freaking miss a shot! Oh, Chris
1: Dunn's having a great night.
0: Let, let's let's go down the stretch then with Ryan Archie Diacono. This is not hard to do, Jim Boylan. But Jim Boylan's over there and he's screaming at uh, Bobby Portis to try to get him to miss a jump shot. He's screaming at Jeff Green, which is just bizarre. Uh, but go uh, Boylan's going to Boylan, I guess. But uh, you know, the whole point of last night was to lose the game, and uh, the Bulls were unable to execute that. Uh, but I'm sorry, you did not have a better time. Come, come back in about. No, no, time.
1: I had a, honestly, I had a great time. I really did. It was still fun. It's the United <laughs> Center. Um, it was still. F- it was my first Bulls game in a while. But I did see at the Carm just walking by. Do you go? To, do you go to every Bulls game? You're a diehard Bull. Is that that's your number one team, right? I mean, I know you cover the teams, but as a fan, like you love the Bulls. When I see Carm, I think Bulls. I mean, you know,
0: first game, Kev. Cav- 1979 something around there, maybe in 81 don't really know the year, 112-107 lost the Atlanta Hawks, first balcony old old Chicago Stadium second game, Washington Bullets 94-92, winner of the days of Orlando Woolrichs, Clinton Daly, RIP to both those guys, uh, pre-Michael so it, it, the Bulls and basketball has always been in my blood, number one and it, that is a true story,
1: 100% Tell the story about when you asked Michael Jordan a question in the locker room that didn't fly over all that well <laughs> Uh, if, you don't, if you if you want night, to, you don't have to.
0: Yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Nin- Nineteen ninety seven, I believe, second to last year with the Bulls, Carmen, that's me. I uh, just graduated the University of Iowa. I had no plan in life whatsoever. No Hawkeyes. Started- the Gohawk I started doing the internship at Columbia College because uh, I heard uh, through the grapevine that they had a class there that would get you into the Bulls locker room. I literally continued <laughs> my educational career just to get into the Bulls locker room via Red Motlow, another RIP. So Motlow brings me into the locker room. It's, it's, it's preseason. They're playing the now uh, defunct Vancouver Grizzlies turn Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, Jordan's, Jordan's there. He's like the last guy. He would always come out last. Everybody would do their interviews, then Mike would come out in his three-piece suit, talk to everybody, and it would be in waves. Like, there would be one wave of reports. daily, leave, then two, then three. He'd answer the same question three different times. So we're down, to like, the, I'm in the last wave. There's, like, 12 of us hanging out, and Mike is just sitting there taking questions. Like, he's, he's not racing to go anywhere. It's preseason. He's chill. So I just decided to jump in with a question first time in there, and he was on Oprah the day before. And they played this old rap video of him and young Horace and young Scotty, and they were, all, they were all dancing to How You Like Me Now, which was a great song. And so I asked him for a, hey, Michael, how about a How You Like Me Now dance, a la Oprah? And he looked at me like I was the biggest moron on the planet, as a nice 23-year-old, and, and just said, don't jump in. <laughs> and uh, shook, and then and and everybody laughed. The whole media laughed, and then he walked away. Interview over, and I'm like, so this is the one in. time in my life I'm going to be around the guy. I tried to go for the joke, tried to be funny. Right. He shot me down. Everybody laughed, and I was sitting there like a complete mort, Which is sort of similar to what happened with Scott Brooks last night of the Wizards when I was asking him about Jim Boylan. But uh, that's the story, and uh, I will forever slightly regret that one. Although it does, it has at least they was something to talk about, right?
1: Well, I'm asking you about it all these years later. Wait, what happened last night with the bro- with the Wizards? Well, Scott Brooks,
0: you know, I'm, I'm there for the pregame. By the way, I hope you appreciate my pregame audio that I'm sending. I I'm do. sure you're not using it, but I'm sending it anyway. Try to send an MP3, uh,
1: though. The M4A thing is difficult, but yes, it's, it's wonderful. I appreciate quick, it. Thank you.
0: Quick, quick quick download, and you're good to go. You right.
1: download. Right. No, I appreciate it, it. it. I am using it. Thank you.
0: There you go. It's okay if you're not. I wouldn't, and nobody really cares about pregame bull tape right now. But you know, I have it. You're working. Right, you might right, as well right. have it. Yes. So, but the point, the point being, is that G- Jim Boylan's getting in fights with Doc Rivers. He's getting in fights with the Suns coach Igor or whatever his name is. So, I mean, other coaches got to be paying attention to this, right? And now he's screaming at players as they're shooting jump shots. So I asked Scott Brooks in his pregame, which was a real awkward pregame, like, "Hey, man, like." uh he, what's any reaction to uh, Jim getting into it with with Doc Rivers and and and, and Igor? And he just looked at me and he's like, y- "You want me to respond to that?" Yes, Scott, I do. I'm curious your thoughts on on, on Jim. It's like, yeah, no. Um, anybody got any questions about tonight's game? Like he just he didn't want anything of it. Which, by the way, does tell you that he thinks that Jim Boylan is being a clown, right? That's how I read it.
1: I read it that way as well. I didn't even realize all of that with Boylan, so I'm learning some Bull stuff. I I did not call you to talk Bulls, but it is fascinating to hear Carmen talk Bulls because you're so passionate about it, and nobody knows Bulls like at the car, Mark Carmen. Um... Okay, Mark Carmen, yes, he works at fanside, he works here at W G N. He does a ton of Sox coverage for us. He does pregame, post game. What do you do? I can't do you do pregame, postgame both? I mean, it's you, Hogue, Mazer. What's the situation this year? Uh, I, I
0: just I'm more of the postgame slash White Sox weekly for a gotcha. Saturday afternoon white sox recap for me and Harry Tina. That's that's uh, I would call that my role.
1: There you go. You can hear Carm and Harry Saturday afternoons. Okay, Carm, uh, big news, Eloy news. It sounds like opening day just got a whole lot more interesting for the White Sox Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Sox haven't confirmed it yet, at least as as we uh, record this podcast. Um, They lock him up uh, to a six-year deal worth uh, reportedly $43 million. A couple club options that would make it $75 million. That would shatter the record for a, a contract for a player who's never even stepped foot in a batter box in a major league game. Your thoughts on the Eloy situation and good move, bad move? What do you think?
0: I mean, universally approved, right? Yeah, you, right. You, you you're you bought out a year of free agency. You're getting him to start the season now. Um, you have cost certainty. The only downside is if he sucks, then uh, you know not, now you're eating some dough. But you're not eating like huge money that's going to cripple you. With the sale, you know, with your salary cap, especially with the White Sox, who are spending absolutely no money. Right. So. Uh, I mean, I I, I mean, I am on board with everybody. Win, 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 and, and the Sox have done a great job of signing guys early. Uh, you know, there's a ton of dudes: Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, Tim Anderson. I mean, they're, they've this has been a formula that the White Sox have been able to execute. And and Jose Quintana.
1: Uh, I mean, th- those contracts that Rick Hahn did with Sale and Quintana, and Quintana factored into their trade value. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like that's why. Doubled
0: Yeah, Yeah,
1: 100%. I mean, that's why, like with the Quintana thing, that's why, you know, Theo, when they made that trade, Theo was like, we felt like we got a player and a half because of the contract alone. You know, that gave them some flexibility, so that's why they were able to get Cease and Eloy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that trade right now uh, looks like a home run for the Sox and a complete dud for the Cubs and... One hundred percent. I mean, if if Jose Quintana was making the money that he should have been making at that time, there's no way the White Sox get that level of value. Same thing with Chris Sale. Uh, So, and that was you know, it's kind of a. a, I saw uh, on Twitter yesterday a couple people putting out there this is going to be huge when the Sox if this this thing doesn't work out in three four years to make a team you you know you might be trading Eloy. I mean, nobody wants that to happen. But like if you did have to trade him down the line to do some, you know, another rebuild, which, you know, God forbid that happens to the Sox, but if it did, you do have a guy on a great value, so I mean, there's a a lot, even that side of it is is something to like. A little uncomfortable to talk about, but yet something that actually could be in play.
1: Yeah. Do you think there was any motivation to get this done after missing out on Machado?
0: I do. I do. I mean, 3%, 3%, though. Like, you know, I, I think they still make the, would make the same deal if they had signed, if Machado had signed on for the $250 year deal with a couple options. Um, so, but I, I think that, you know, The whole—I keep reading that. Well, now this year they got to bring up Dylan Cease because they didn't get Machado. Like that's not the way any good organization is going to think. You're you're going to bring him up if I mean in my mind Dylan Cease comes up this year is if he's lights out at Triple A for the first half of the season. Then you could bring him up in say July and maybe have you have him pitch until uh, you know the end of August, middle of September. But here's a guy that's still most of the things he's thrown in the minor leagues is 124. Like, I don't see you doing, like, he has an up-and-down year, and then he gets hot like Kopech did last year, and you bring him up at the end of August. That, to me, wouldn't make any sense. You're, you're, you're still trying to develop a guy and build his arm strength so he can have a, a long career. But, um, so, I, you know, operating, well, now this didn't happen, so now we're going to do this. That's, that's really that's not a way a good organization would go about their business and you know, I, I don't I don't think the White Sox are being impacted. I wouldn't think that they're making decisions based on that. However, there I think there probably was like a, a drop of a this would be nice to just sort of right. put out there to the fans that we have it done.
1: Yeah. A little bit of a bone for the fans, but Rick Hahn has preached patience and I, I believe he's sticking with that despite missing out on the on the free agents. Starting outfield for the White Sox opening day. Go.
0: Nice. Uh, well, I don't see why you would not have Aloy up here. So let's put him out there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Pelka's is going to be hit, good enough to go. So I would personally put him in left, and then I'm going to roll with Adam Engel in center and let John J.B. come come off the bench. Uh, I, I don't I don't get the John J thing. You're not. Really trying to, I, I would still, I would still favor developing players even at the start of the year versus playing a veteran. That just be me. I mean, you got to be honest where you're at. So that's how I would do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, John Jay they signed him for Machado. I don't, right. care, I don't, don't Machado, care what you the sign- Sox say. <laughs> you brought in Jay and Alonzo for Machado. Whatever the White right, Sox I, tell us.
0: Right. I would those both those guys. I would. I mean, the only reason to play them. Is so you can get something for him in July. I mean, I wouldn't think that either of those guys will be here for the whole, for the entire season. Yeah. It would be my guess. I mean, for what point? What are you what are you going to do with Jan, with Yonder Alonso? Yeah. You're going to make Jose Abreu be a DH because you want to play him at first base? I, I don't think so.
1: Uh, at the Carm's official pick to click this year, who's going to surprise everyone? Is it Moncada? Is it Rodon pulling a full year together? Who you got?
0: I'm going to go. With the guy that I think is the key to the whole season, as far as the, if the White Sox really are going to surprise and do anything, so I'm going to take Lucas Giolito, despite the terrible Right. All right, sprint. I like that. Um, I mean, I really do think like if, if Giolito makes a huge leap, and a huge leap, by the way, could be a four-five ERA, right? I mean, I'm not looking for him to be in the threes here. Mm-hmm. Just be a credible four and a half guy, six innings, three runs solid starter out there every time. I mean, that would be a big, big move for Giolito and the White Sox.
1: I like it. Okay, I know you're busy watching March Madness, but i got to talk Cubs with you just for a few minutes, okay?
0: Take your time, Kippy. I'm here.
1: Um, you, Darvish, what kind of year does he put together?
0: So I think he's on the DL in May.
1: (laughs) With what? What are you going with? What sort of injury? I, I... Anything. Uh, he's got a blister situation now. Is right. it is it, a, okay, is it a lingering blister for Darvish?
0: Yes, that's, that's the first <laughs> deal is a, ling- a lingering blister they got to shut him down. Not a big deal. It's just fine, but they got to make sure it's right. We don't want it to impact his delivery, so he goes on the DL with the blister. That'll be early in the season. Then, later in the season, we're going to have the, the elbow's going to crop up, the shoulder's going to crop up, the forearm's going to crop up, something's going to crop up. I, I, I am not a believer in you, Darvish. I did not like the signing then. I don't like it now. I don't care how healthy and strong and amazing he feels. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. So, I, I'm predicting multiple stints on the
1: DL for you. I know you were in a Fan of the signing, that's why I brought him up immediately. Chris Bryant <laughs> will be right back in the MVP race. Am I wrong?
0: No, I'm with you. I, I think and he has a monster a year. Huge year. I mean, he's having a huge year. Um, I mean, he, he's throwing down dunks, uh, which was huge. I don't know if you, I'm he sure he was trying. It,
1: he was trying to throw down dunks. He was <laughs> he hanging out, hanging dunk. out with Zach Levine though, out in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I... I should clarify that. He he threw down one dunk. dunk. There was a viral video of
1: Chris Bryan trying to dunk if anybody missed it, and he was hit in front of the rim all all afternoon. He finally got one down. I mean... For a pro athlete who's like 6'5", I mean, come on. That shouldn't be that hard, right?
0: Right. Right. Well, but that's where we go. Baseball athleticism (laughs) hand-eye versus actually getting off the floor. (laughs) Uh, But I I think KB's huge here, and... um, Rooting for it, he's got to be super incentivized on like seven different levels, right? Um, number one, you had a bad year. Number two, you're seeing all this money out there. Number three, you're getting closer to being a free agent. Number four, just to, I mean, the guy's pride of performance. Period. So yeah. I think big year.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, talking to him after the uh, the wild card loss last year, and of all the guys we talked to, he seemed the most frustrated and most focused to take advantage of the off season and get back to where he needs to be. We all know what he can be, and he's an MVP guy. He went from, what, 29, 25 homers as a a rookie to uh, MVP year in 2016. So I think he's going to bounce back. Biggest concern for the Cubs this year?
0: Uh, I mean, I just think you have a lot of the same exact issues. Like, everyone's thinking that the offense is going to be a whole lot better. You still don't have, and I know that's not the case in baseball nowadays, very few of them, but you still don't have a bona fide lead off hitter. I'm not sure exactly how you're going to go about your outfield. I, it, it, who's can who's playing second base? I mean, are, are you bringing us and Russell back into the fold? I mean, they, listen, they have all the talent, um, but I just... You know, I, I, the concern is that they just look the same. These guys that they're hoping are all going to take big leaps are, are just not what they thought they were, and they should have dealt them when they had the shot to pull off a trade for like a, a Christian Yelich type. Which I think, if you can rewind time, I'm wondering if the Cubs were in on that conversation. Certainly, they should have been. But, uh, I mean, I don't know, I, I, is, is, is Kyle Schroer going to have a huge bounce back here? Same thing with Ian Hap. is Al, Albert Amor going to take the next step? I, I mean, I think it's a lot of question marks as far as really those guys doing that to, to allow the Cubs to get from a team that can make the playoffs to a team that can actually win the whole thing.
1: We started with basketball talk. Let's end with basketball talk. Final four?
0: I got Duke and Carolina in my final two with Duke beating Carolina. Boringest pick of all time. And KPM, I'm going to be honest, I don't even remember who else I got. I think I, I think I knocked out Virginia. Uh, I don't know what I did. To, maybe I had Michigan in there. Yeah. NCAA tournament, I'll go all in on a hot take. Most overrated thing in the history of sports.
1: Um, I saw you tweeting about well, that. I didn't know if you were trolling people who hate it or people who are obsessed with it. You're not a fan? Really? I, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. okay. It's okay.
0: I get into yeah, it. I, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't get into it, but it's like, this is the greatest sports day. let settle down. Just settle
1: down. Yeah, I don't know about that. But, you know, I think for a lot of people it's exciting because for you, you watch basketball college hoops like every night. There are a lot of people who are like, college basketball doesn't start until late March. So that's why people get yeah, excited.
0: I, right, and, and everybody's got uh, – Dog in the race, all that type yeah. of stuff. End end of the day here, this is there's some part of me that's like bitter NBA guy going on here. Like just I watch this, I'm like, how can you like this basketball as much as the NBA? Despite the fact that KP had a boring time watching the Bulls last night. Yeah. Don't don't factor that in yeah, like, I was give for- me the
1: NBA I was forever on the NBA so much better than college. Forever. Because why? Because yeah. the NBA has more talent. But, Carmen, the NBA sucks right now. It is impossible to watch. I, per- I, much, I prefer the – this year's NCAA college year, college hoops, was so much more entertaining than the NBA. I mean, Zion Williamson is more entertaining than, like, anybody in the NBA for me right now.
0: Right, that's true. It's been it, the Zion Williamson thing is phenomenal, and he'll be in the NBA next year. So he's also a badass, and
1: I love his mentality. I know a lot of people are like, "Why are you playing? You shouldn't played. You're gonna get millions of dollars." And he's like, "I'm not leaving my boys out there. I come to kill every night." That's what he said after his first game back when he didn't miss a single shot. He's been he's been so fun to watch. I can't wait to see what he does in the NBA. I mean. Get him on the Bulls, Carm. Talk to your connections in the NBA. You're the hoops guy. Make it work. Rig it. Cheat the system. I don't care what you got to do. Pay somebody off. Get Zion on the Bulls, and I'm back on the Bulls train.
0: I'll do everything I possibly can, KP. And he's the only guy in the history of college hoops that's ever made Duke likable. It's pretty amazing.
1: I know. That's a very great point. He is at the car. Mark Carmen. he uh, works at WGN. You can follow his stuff, fansided.com. He's cranking out videos every day. And if you're ever looking for a good MJ versus LeBron debate, Mark Carmen is your go-to man. Uh, he's my buddy. Love him. Thank you for jumping on, Carmen. I appreciate it. Somehow we talked, I think we talked more basketball than baseball, and this is really sort of a baseball podcast. But, yeah. you know. That happens when you when you talk with the car.
0: You you play to the strengths of your guest, Kiki. That's that's why that's why people are lining up to come on. I appreciate it. It was great to get the text last
1: night and good to be with you, man. You got it, my brother. I'll talk to you soon. That's going to do it for episode number 25 of the Powell at the Park podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at KPowell720. And hopefully I'm going to start cranking these things out on a more regular basis with baseball picking up. White Sox, Cubs news. And you can listen to me on the Rokon show with Anna Devontes every afternoon, 3 to 7, WGN Radio, Radio WGNRadio.com, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.